Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is our favorite numbers cruncher, Jay Cost. And uh, Jay, I understand that Donald Trump's got Hillary Clinton right where he wants her. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, his I think Trump's plan all along has been to biff this election by a historic margin, claim voter fraud and set up his own, uh, you know, television network. So everything is going to plan for him. Yeah, no, 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 no. He's a winner because he's win. He wins. How is the Electoral College map? I want to ask you about something I've seen reported by several pollsters who come to the same conclusion that they see no electoral college path forward for Donald Trump that is realistic based on historic trends. It's not that, you know, he's at 270. It's that he's lucky if he breaks 125, 150. Is it really that bad for Donald Trump? Yeah, it's really that bad. Um, I mean, look, historically speaking, um, you know, Trump is down about six points in the polls right now. And, and a lot of those polls, I actually don't put a lot of stock in. I'd say he's probably down closer to seven, maybe even eight points when you factor out the the internet polls and that LA Times poll, which is a weird poll. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're down seven to eight points nationwide. There's no, there's no path to 270. Oh, come on. Look at the states he's got locked rock solid. He's got uh, Georgia. Oh, well, I guess. Well, yeah. well he's got Utah. Uh, yeah. Arizona. Yeah. South uh, Virginia. North Carolina. Well, he's going to do very well in Can- Canada. That's my prediction. He should. Well yeah. There. Well, look, historically speaking, I think the only time a party's – the only time anybody's won the presidency by losing the popular vote by three points or more was in 1876 and the when Rutherford Hayes won – um, but the Republicans stole that election. So, you know, uh, Hope springs eternal. Yeah, exactly. So no, I, and look, by the way, look, if he's and not only that, I mean, as bad as those national polls are looking, the state polls actually look worse for him. It's, it's important to remember that the, you know, I thought Romney was going to win in 2012 because I was emphasizing the national polls over the state polls. Right. Um, you know, the final Gallup poll had Romney up and I thought, well, OK, fine. You know, I'm going to trust Gallup. And but it turned out that the national polls were really over optimistic for 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 Romney. The state polls, which had been showing him losing pretty handily, turned out to be correct. Um, and there's a similar kind of divergence this cycle. It, it's slight, but it's there where you see, you know, Trump, it looks like he's going to lose more like by eight or nine points if you follow the – if you look at the state polls because he's not just – I mean he's losing all of the swing states, all of the purple states. He's losing them. Um, but then he's also showing weakness in places like South Carolina, in Texas and Kansas. I mean, these are states that he'll pro- he should win. Obviously, he should win them. But he's doing so badly uh, in those states, based on the polls that I've seen, that it, it you know for him to be down you know just six points nationwide. I don't really think that you know if you're following the state polls, I think we're looking at something closer to eight or nine points. Uh, listeners to the Weekly Standard podcast, and also those of you who have found the Crystal Clear podcast over at Podcast One, a uh, fun new show that Bill and I do, and you can uh, find that on iTunes, etc. Know that one of the conversations we've been having the last couple weeks is: is it time for Republican Senate candidates to say explicitly, "I'm running 
to stop Hillary Clinton from getting out of control in the White House. We all know she's going to win. The presidential race is just over. You've got to elect a Republican Senate because this woman, you don't like her. She's going to do something crazy. She's going to veer even farther to the left. It's going to be Bernie 2.0. Please elect me. Do you think, Jay Koss, that it is time for Republican Senate candidates to do that based on the impact of the top of the ticket on the down ballot races? Um, yes, I, I wouldn't say that now is the time to start that messaging because we're still in the summer. You know, the traditional start of the general election campaign is after Labor Day. So I would save that pitch for after Labor Day when voters are really starting to engage. But yes, I would if I were advising somebody like Kelly Ayotte or look, even Richard Burr in North Carolina or Roy Blunt in in Missouri. I mean, you know, we're thinking about these top tier races, Michael, you know, PA, Ohio, New Hampshire. I mean, I think we need to look ahead and worry about places like Missouri, North Carolina, Arizona. You know, I think all of these guys need to have a message ready to set to go after Labor Day where they basically, you know, they don't necessarily denounce Trump because they need Trump's voters, but they start making an explicit appeal to people who are, you know, who, who you could get in a cross-party vote, and that's how you do that. That's what you do. You say, vote for me for divided government. You don't like our nominee. You're going to vote for Hillary, but you don't want to give her the keys to the kingdom, the way to ch- – hedge your bets, America. Hedge your bets and vote <laughs> vote for me while you're voting for Hillary. I think that's that's got to be the play. And look, I mean – and it's not just because Trump is down, Michael. I mean obviously you know, Trump is down and that's – you know. Uh, it's that Trump has is down because he's insane. He's a crazy person who has no idea what he's doing, who is doubling down, you know, by by getting rid of Manafort and demoting Manafort and hiring, you know, the, the guy in charge of Breitbart, for goodness sake. I mean, my God, that he's not even trying to win at this point, or at least he's so in, he's so he's either not trying to win, or he's so delusional that he thinks that the kind of garbage, the the vitriolic, racist, xenophobic, anti-Semitic crap that Breitbart spews on a daily basis is going to save him. Either way, there is no reason to think that Trump could turn this around. Look, if Mitt Romney were down, if, if Mitt Romney were the nominee and he were down by five, six, seven, eight points at this point, I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest bailing on Romney because Romney would have people like Stuart Stevens running his campaign uh, being like, OK, this is how we're going to turn it around. And if I were advising one of these Senate candidates or House candidates, I'd be like, don't bail on Romney. He'll turn it around. He's a smart guy. He's got smart people. Trump is a crazy person who surrounded himself with crazy people. Get ready to bail. You know, they say such nice things about you over at Breitbart.com, Jay. I don't know why you feel the need to be so negative about these fine, the exemplars of modern journalism 2016. I have no doubt that Edward R. Murrow would be the editor-in-chief of Breitbart today. Well, you know, in, in, solid, in solidarity, I, I like to consider <laughs> myself a, a renegade uh, Presbyterian. <laughs> to go along with yeah, their to go. Uh, headline just declaring our friend Bill Crystal a, quote, renegade Jew, close right, quote, for exactly. not supporting exactly. Donald Trump. But, I'm a renegade but okay, but let's, let's, let's focus on the good news. I'm tired of your screaming and yelling about how terrible Trump is, Trump is, blah, blah, blah. Let's focus on the good news, which is that no matter what, the Republicans will still control the House of Representatives and therefore still be able to slow down Hillary's uh, mini-me Bernie agenda. Right, Jay Cos? No. At this point, no. What? No, no. 
Absolutely. No. Um, you know, look, if, you know, I think at this point, if you look at the historical trends, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. The, there's two ways to look at house races this far out. The first one is what, you know, Stu Rothenberg and Charlie Cook and Larry Sabato do, where they take like a granular analysis of all 435 districts and they sort of piece together a story based upon, you know, those 435 pieces of the puzzle. Um, and that right now is looking okay for the Republicans. It looks like they're going to lose seats, but it doesn't look like it's going to be a wipeout. But the caveat with that is that those circumstances can change, and they can change pretty quickly, um, in no small part because people don't pay as much attention to congressional races as this far out from Election Day. So these things can break late. That's what happened in 2010. It happened in 94. It happened in 2014 in the House. You know, elections for Congress can break late because voters don't engage as much. So what I, I would I, I there, so I would sort of counter the sort of granular analysis with kind of a 30,000 feet perspective, which is that, you know, in the last 20 years, um, the presidential vote has more or less mimicked the congressional vote. So if you win 48 percent of the presidential vote, you're going to win about 48 percent of the House vote. Um, and. That should that's that's a worry for congressional Republicans, because, look, if Trump wins like 44 percent of the of the of the presidential vote, then <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I have to stop you right there. There is no way Donald Trump is going to get 44 percent of the popular vote. This is not going to happen. Well, then 44 is about I mean, historically speaking, if you look, Dole, Bob Dole won Bob Dole won 45 percent of the two party vote in mm -hmm. 96 and congressional republicans ran five points ahead of them so figure congressional republicans maybe if they really really stretch and squeeze they can run five to seven points ahead of ahead of trump i would say at this point so look if we're look at, so that's the thing right now trump's at 41 percent of the vote in the rcp average and i think he's probably a little bit lower because that poll takes into account a lot of polls that i think are is not as high quality um, you know, if he gets 42 percent on Election Day, I think the Republicans are going to lose the House. I just I just, <laughs> unless I mean, look, and that's just based on my read of historical trends. The historical trend is over the last 20 years, the, the House vote and the presidential vote tend to mimic each other. The one exception is 96, where House Republicans ran five points ahead of Dole. So, look, you know, if, if Trump wins. Wait, 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 wait. In 1972, George McGovern got crushed, but the Senate, the Democrats still picked up seats in the Senate. I think they were. Next yeah, two, Michael, but two. that was that was a different age. First of all, that was almost 50 years ago. And, and look, the thing is, is that since back then you had a big a big swath of particularly Southern whites would vote would vote Republican on a presidential level and then vote for congressional Democrats on a sub-presidential level. That started to change in 92, really substantially began to change in 92. And, and like I said, over the last over the last basically quarter century, the, the two the two votes have really lined up. So you can't I mean, yeah, you can go back. Look, you go back to like 19. You know, you go back to 1984 and you see congressional Democrats running well ahead of Mondale. You can go back to 72 and you can see it. You can go back to 56 and you see congressional Democrats running well ahead of Eisenhower. But that was that was a different era. That was okay. a well, different let me, era. Let me run my scenario. I'm gonna, uh, we're going to wrap with the Michael Graham scenario for what's happened in 2016. Uh, Trump is going to be in the 30s. 
Uh, he's going to stay in, he's going to, you know, high thirties. That's where he's going to be. And it's going to become apparent sometime. I, I don't know, whatever, you know, October, late September, whatever, that this thing is just over. Mm-hmm. Assuming he stays in the race and doesn't pull a Torricelli and just, just, you know, this walk out. Sure. Um, what's going to happen is the, the Trump Breitbart kind of voter, the low engagement voter who's been pulled into the system by Donald Trump, who showed up for primaries, who had never, as you've pointed out here in these podcasts, Jay, it's not that they weren't Republicans. It's just that they were Republicans who never turned out for primaries. And see, you know, they started turning out for Donald Trump. They are going to be the ones who stay home. The Republicans who show up, the Republicans who ignore Trump's 38 percent election day are going to be the uh, the uh, party loyalists and the people terrified of Hillary enough that their resentment over Trump losing you know the grousing you know that that crowd uh, you know who are going to stay home these, these aren't gonna, these are going to be people who don't stay home these are people who are going to say I don't even care about Trump I'm just showing to vote against against Hillary and so you're going to see a record divide between the performance of a GOP Congress and the performance of of a GOP nominee. That's my prediction. Someone ought to put it on tape. Oh, well, I just did. <laughs> you just did. So what do you think? I mean, look, it, yeah, I, I'm always open to the, uh, you know, historical trends are determinative until they're not, you know? Um, and so I, you know, I, I'm just saying that what you're predicting is something that, that, that we haven't seen in the modern era. And, right. and now that could, could that happen? Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't bet on that happening, um, you know. But on the other hand, I've placed a, you know, I wouldn't sure. bet. I, I mean, never it's, it's would have bet Trump. But, yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, th- think about the people who are going to be motivated by the fact that they know Hillary Clinton is going to win and that Trump's not an issue. I mean, there's a group of voters who are going to that are going to, you know, they're they are depressed by the idea of Donald Trump representing their party. They're going to be unleashed when they realize he's not going to. He's going to lose, and they're going to show up. And whoever their senator is, whoever their congressman is, it's going to be. We got to send you back. I'm now fighting against Hillary in a way that I can feel good about. I'm fighting against Hillary with my Senate and House votes. Yeah, and, look, look. I mean, I think that's possible. I think, on the other hand, you know, I think the the worry um, should be that you know, uh, because this is a presidential election, which you know right. tends to have substantially l- larger turnout. Than midterm elections is that the sorts of voters that you're describing are sort of midterm voters, um, right. and I could see the midterm voters behaving strategically like that. But it, it's not going to matter if if the if the uh, if the uh, presidential elections, like the people who only vote in presidential elections, who tend to be less engaged. You know, the the, the sorts right. of voters you describe are going to get are going to get swamped out by by the by the presidential voters. So I, I mean, and I don't know, you know, because the other thing is, is that in a lot of respects, I could see, you know, a, a different, a different scenario. I mean, without sort of like, I'm not dismissing what you're predicting, but right. you know, there's another scenario where people are looking at the top of the ticket and say, Oh, you know, I can't stand Hillary Clinton and I really hate Donald Trump. So I'm just going to stay home, you know, right. where they're so keyed into the top of the, they're, they're so keyed into the top of the, uh, of the of the ticket and i could see like on a senate in a senate senate by senate race i could see toomey and ayotte and and you know portman pulling their people out because they are going to have so much money to spend but you know what about those marginal congressional districts in california or arizona or you know where or washington state you know wherever 
Um, is there going to be enough to get those? Those are, those are the voters that I'm worried about. Voters and you should be. And I'm worried about running out of time, which we have just done. Jay Koss, thanks so much for joining us on the Weekly Standard Podcast. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. Also, subscribe to the podcast at iTunes so you never miss one. That's at iTunes.com. And check out the new Crystal Clear Podcast at podcastone.com as well. I'm your host, Michael Graham.